0: What's up my hungry friends? You're listening to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host Michael Phelps. On this episode of the show I sat down and talked to Matt. We talked a lot about goal setting, mindset shift, and just how that he's made this drastic change in his life. I really enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys do too. If you guys want to stay up to date on all of the content, make sure that you hit subscribe on your podcast app and follow our Instagram hungry for success podcast. All right guys here it is. And we're back. What's up, Matt? How are you doing, buddy? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing very good. So uh, I'm extremely happy to have you here on the show. Still have not dropped my first episode. So I appreciate you kind of taking a chance with someone who uh, has no recorded episodes. You can't go back and listen. But um, the more I've dug into your story, the more our stories are kind of similar. So I was really excited to uh, have you on the podcast today and, uh, you know, dig down into it. So to get started, I'd just like, uh, if you could give the listeners just a little bit about your story, man, kind of yeah. your struggles, your successes, what you've been through.
1: Yeah. So it's been, it's been a, a very up and down journey kind of my whole life. I mean, I started out as a kid, just being more of a Husky kid. Um, you know, when my parents got divorced, that weight gain kind of accelerated a little bit. And I don't know if that was due to, uh, you know, not having my, my dad around as much because he was more of like the disciplinarian and like very structured, um, or, you know, what it was. I also like started tapering off with how many sports I was playing. So that activity side was, was started diminishing and just t- kind of started growing, um, you know, larger at that, that point in my life, um, you know, flat fast forward to, uh you know high school and it had gotten a little like I'd stopped all sports I I'd stopped playing football which I had done since I was you know like 6 or 7 years old and I basically was doing no physical activity and you know a lot of years of just like poor nutritional choices and just really bad decisions of you know being 10 and being kind of left to my own devices um led me to like not a not a great point I actually um you know i did a lot of different different diets and things during that time so i did the did the atkins diet i did weight watchers i'd done you know like south beach i'd done like all these different diets through through my time and really like nothing really stuck with me and so just kind of again like getting to that high school age where you know things are a little bit more importance is put on how, how you look and what you dress like and things like that. It was it was a pretty tough time. And, and I kind of just, you know, didn't really embrace like that that part of the journey of just like wanting to really make changes to feel better. It was more just like superficial. And uh, so you'd go on a diet, lose a couple of pounds and then, you know, come off of it or just fall off. And, um, you know, at that point I, I actually went to like a weight loss camp. Um, did that, that was like a very different experience to say the least. Um, and, uh, you know, I actually had some good success and got some good like education and foundational learnings on like weight loss and food and nutrition and, uh, stuff that like I still use to this day, but, um, still, you know, when you're put into these controlled settings and it's environment where it doesn't allow you to fall off track, it's, it's easy to lose weight. Mm -hmm. But what we would find is, I would, you know, I lost like 60 or 70 pounds my first summer and then I would come back and then I would just start eating like, uh, you know, like there was no tomorrow and come back to the camp the next year and have gained all the weight back plus more. Um, so it was just like a very bad cycle. But, um, you know, at, at some point, like maybe like the third or fourth year really started focusing on it and uh, got down to my, my lowest weight of around 220 pounds. And then just like through a messy, like emotional breakup, like basically spiraled out of control again. And that's, that kind of like led me to this, uh, the last like 10 years of, of being pretty overweight. Um, I had like a couple of stops along the way. I had like a lap band surgery that didn't go well. Um, so, so that, you know lost a little bit of weight but had some medical complications had to have it removed so gained the weight back uh tore my acl so like coming off of that surgery i had lost a good bit of weight and i was like i'm gonna do it by myself um and then you know was like doing boxing and basketball and then tore my acl and then was completely sidelined on activity again and just uh, the eating habits just crept back and and got all my way uh up to like 450 plus um And so I think my highest was about 467 and last year just like finally had enough and decided to start losing and, and, uh, have been pretty consistent so far and have, uh, lost officially today, 150 pounds. So heck yeah, good for you, dude. Yeah. Big milestone. I was like pretty pumped about that, but, um, yeah, still got a ways to go like hundred plus pounds probably. And, um, you know, just taking it day by day
0: yeah so that's awesome man that's uh 150 pounds is amazing like so just for your information like where i'm at i'm 127 pounds down today and we have a a similar story in that like you know i was a bigger guy all growing up playing sports parents got divorced um tore my acl put a bunch of weight on that way and all this and all that kind of stuff so that's what kind of stuck out with out to me but so one thing I wanted to touch on there was actually a lot I kind of want to expound on but one thing that you said like finally enough was enough like a year ago and you made this change what I usually find talking to people is there was like a defining moment or an instant that puts you down that path and so what was that enough is enough point for you
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I I think it was kind of a culmination. I had had done so many, like, stop and starts and, you know, the proverbial, you know, diet starts on Monday type of of approach, Um, but really just... My my health was at a point where I I I like just could not keep going at the rate I was going. I, I it was noticeably hard for me to do just everyday things, tying the shoes, going up a flight of stairs, like walking around, visiting family. It it it, it just it was overwhelming, and I I found somebody that um kind of like was willing to help me out on the nutrition side and meal planning, and and that kind of catalyst started the the change. Although even after starting with working with this nutritionist, um, you know, I had still a little bit of a yo-yo getting off the ground. So, you know, I'd lose like 30 pounds and then like gain back 10 or, you know, lose another like 25 and and gain back five. Um, I'd say if there was one defining moment, it was actually, um, a coworker of mine who like him and I were always kind of the big guys at, at the office. Um, and you know we he was he was bigger than i was and he was just a couple years older than me and i remember like consciously having this thought saying like you know everybody's so worried about my weight my size and all these things but like here's this guy who's like older he's he's bigger than i am he's still alive and kicking like i i'm not like i don't think i should be that worried like i can always turn the switch back on and lose the weight like i had before um and then I got a call like early last year um, from a friend, and they said that this guy died, and it really shook me up. Like this, this was kind of like my last red red flag in the sand. Like you can, you could still turn it around, and it was just like, wow, like my time is not um, like it's it's numbered at the at the rate that I'm going, it's absolutely numbered, and that was a huge defining moment for me um, knowing that like, okay, the one person that I kind of held up is like, I can still do it as long as this guy's around. Well, now he's no longer around. Um, and it was just like devastating to me, like to, to like the full weight of it really kind of came to me. It was like, you're going to die. Like in the next two years, you could die just like this guy, have a heart attack in the middle of your sleep. Nobody would know they'd wake up and then you would just be gone. And it was it just like blew my mind. Yeah, at
0: that point, I mean, that's like a, a hell of a wake-up call. So I guess like if you put yourself kind of like back in that moment and you think about it, so you probably had two choices there. Uh and your choice was either kick ass and make a change, or I mean, that could have even like sent you deeper down this hole, like into more of a depression. Um, because of losing your friend and realizing, like, how bad of a spot you were in. So, like, what do you think it was that that kicked you in the right direction?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, luckily at that point, I had already kind of been um, okay. working with this nutritionist, and so I, was, I would say I was on the track. I wasn't really moving forward. I was kind of stumbling forward. Um, but that just, like, really sobered me up real quick. And um, I just – I I don't know it it really it it just there's something about it that really like I have I'm like very goal oriented and I know that's something like we'll talk about later but I just I had so many things like left to live for we'll say and I just like felt like seeing somebody's life cut so short Like him and I had all types of things that we talked about and goals and, and, you know, we both wanted to start our own companies and we both, you know, had these, this dream of like what our family would be. And, and he, he didn't get to, to do that. Like he did have a, a, an amazing family, but, um, he didn't get to achieve the things that he wanted to. And those are things that I've kind of identified myself with so much of my life saying that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be this hustler. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to do this. And just to realize it could be taken away in an instant just because of like a lifetime of poor choices. I was like, I I have to make a change. I have to, like, I can't keep going down this track.
0: Yeah. I mean, I completely understand that. And it seems like um, a lot of times that kind of wake up call is what it takes for people to finally make that change. And it was similar for me. Um, I was, 25, 24 years old, went to the doctor, and she's like, "You're 350 pounds, and your blood pressure's high, and you're you're pre-diabetic, and all this stuff." And and my like motivator is like, I want, I love my family, and I want to be here for them. I mean, I was just like freshly engaged, and I was like, I don't want to marry this girl and die a year later and leave her alone, and and so that was like my big move forward, um, and like my catalyst, but at the same time, I don't think I would be where I'm at today without, uh, my wife being my accountability partner and people along the way. So who, what has been your biggest support system?
1: Yeah. So that was something that I, I, I feel like I struggled with a long time. Um, you know, my, my entire family has been relatively thin my and none of them have really had the struggle with weight. And so it was hard to rely on them to, kind of be that accountability or even like good support like of course they wanted me to be healthy and they would always support me in everything that they did um but it it was hard for them to like truly understand i mean their their approach a lot of the time was like Matt, you just need to eat less and exercise more. It's like, yeah, I get that. Like, I understand that's like the formula, (laughs) but it's not like, it's not just that easy. And like, there's a lot of like psychological things like Mm -hmm. uh, mental health issues, things that like being an overweight person, it really kind of touches on and that's something that they don't understand they don't understand like the teasing and the ridicule you go through as being an overweight kid they don't understand like the depression and some of the anxiety that that comes with you know going out and and feeling judged all the time and it's it's just something that it's hard for other people to really grasp so um I think for a long time that was something I struggled with you know I, I have like two amazing brothers and both of them are like freak athletes i mean one of them does like spartan races all the time the other one's a personal trainer and i'd always say yeah guys i need you to help me out like i want you guys to like help me train and this and that and it's like they, they'd always do it but then you know when when the like excuses start coming in they're like hey i don't feel like working out today or hey it's been busy at work they start becoming like disengaged and disinterested and it wasn't until I found this guy I was working with Noah um, that I really found somebody that was going to be a like judgment free mm-hmm. type of support and um, you know, really finding that I need to utilize people for certain instances So relying more on my brothers and, and like my roommate who are all like very fit people to talk about maybe the exercise piece of it, but finding somebody like my nutritionist to to lean on for the nutritional support um, as well as finding somebody uh, to kind of help with the mental aspect of, of, of going through this process. So I really had to build my own team. Like it wasn't some, somebody I necessarily readily had available. Um, I could have, I'm sure I could have like made it work with people, but um, I felt like this, this approach helped me kind of like move in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I think building your own team is awesome, man. Like in in a way I've never thought about it that way, but in a way I've done the exact same thing. I mean, I have my wife who supports me, you know, like mentally and emotionally in that kind of way, and then I, you know, I work out with my best friend every morning at like at 4:30 in the morning, so he's like there physically pushing me, and then, you know, like just all the other cheerleaders as you say whether that's social media or my or my other friends or whatever Um, but one thing that I wanted to touch on a little bit was like the mental side of things that you just brought up you know if you I mean I'm sure that you know as well when you are in middle school or like early high school and you're the chubby kid that like goes to the to the pool with the shirt on in the summer because you're too embarrassed to like take it off like that's (laughs) that sticks with you forever I mean I'm I'm 215 pounds right now And like, I'm just now to a point where I feel comfortable to take my shirt off to like go to the pool or take a picture like, you know, after a workout. And so that, you know, like you, like you said, uh, it sticks with you forever. So is, have you, is there anything that you've done to overcome those, those thoughts and that, you know, the, the stuff that sticks with you?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. It, It does like, it'll always stick with you. I mean, I have a little bit of this like complex where I, I don't, even recognize the change. Like I, I can feel physically better, mm-hmm. but I still look in the mirror and don't even see that I've lost that much weight. I'm like, I, I look the same as I did, you know, 150 pounds ago. Um, And to be honest, like while I was gaining weight, I kind of had the same issue where I would look at myself and be like, yeah, like I could see that I'm big, but I'm not that bad. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, um, you know, I see pictures and I mean, really, um, one moment that really sticks out for me is, is I got, uh, to see my, my brother's wedding pictures and I'm in these pictures and man, I'm in one of these like terribly, uh, like not custom suits, but like these, like, um, like they, they do the order in the suits. Like we take your measurements and we'll send it to you and it'll, it'll definitely fit. And it's very non-tailored and very unflattering. And just seeing myself in these pictures and be like, wow, I felt like I ruined his wedding pictures. Like every picture I'm in, I felt disgusted with myself. And, um, it it is hard. Like you see these things and, and to be honest, I don't know if you, like, I don't know how long it will take me to kind of get through that. I mean, I've been a little bit like more active on social media and like willing to share my journey, but to a point, like I didn't invite any of my real life friends, we'll, we'll say to the the instagram page until like just recently i mean i'm i'm like a year and a half into this and i'm just now willing to share that part of my life with other people um you know when you do it in a platform like social media you say well you know one i'm in a community of people that all get it so that's Mm -hmm. like one big relief and then the other side is you know if, if they do judge me or if they say anything, then I'm just going to block them and I'll never have to worry about it. I'm like, I'm not going to see, I'm never going to see this person in the street. So yeah. uh, you don't worry about it, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, to your point, I, I I'm, I'm getting there, I'm getting more comfortable, but it's still not something that like, I'm, I'm willing to take my shirt off and walk down the street doing yet. So I'll get there one day.
0: Yeah, that's social media. I mean, it, it provides a lot of accountability, right? So, I mean, you feel almost accountable to your followers, like, to post your, like, weight updates, like I've seen you do. And, yep. you know, even, like, the the before and after pictures. I mean, and I'm, again, very similar in your journey in that, like, you know, I was always, like, a bigger guy, like, 225, 250, like, plus. And then I didn't even, if, when I was 300, 342 is the heaviest I ever weighed if you ask me how much I weighed at 342, I'd been like, uh, 290, 280. Right. Yeah. Like I never would have realized. And for me, it was more just like convenience eating. Like I stopped by the gas station every day and grab a drink and a protein bar and all this kind of stuff. But it's like, I'm still active. I'm still working out, but it had really like caught up with me and I didn't even realize it. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about the social media is like, so, Hey, do you think that's been a positive for your journey or negative? Because, like you said, there—I mean, there there are trolls, and then also, like sometimes you see bodybuilders and other people that have lost a ton of weight, and you—and I mean, I personally can get discouraged. Um, but also, you get the messages of like, "Oh my God, you've changed my life because of like what you've shared." So, do you think that's been a positive or or negative effect?
1: Yeah, for me, it's it's been mostly positive i haven't had too many negative things i i definitely you know i see some of the what i call the ogs of the weight loss game like on there and i see like they're out here pushing content and showing like what they used to be and where where they are now and it's just like i get a little impatient with my own journey but i have to realize like this is my journey like it's going to take time this weight as much as i feel like it came on overnight like it didn't it took time it's going to take a lot of time to come off but um Honestly, it's, it's been an incredible experience, like, um, having followers and, and just the amount of motivation and support that everybody shows each other. Um, you know, I've met people here in my home state of Georgia and, and now we're, we have like a group chat where we're training for a 5k together. So there's just all types of, of great things that come from a platform like social media. Um, yeah, I mean, at some point, I'm sure there's going to be negative. Like I I have talked to people that have had negative experiences where, you know, they get to the point where they've lost the weight or they want to have like skin removal surgery or things like that. And they get kind of shamed for it. And, um, so there like, are things that I'm like a little hesitant and like, not necessarily worried about but definitely like on my mind like what are people still going to think like what are the and but I think to your point the accountability has been probably the greatest thing for me because I've had people saying like hey you haven't posted up your goals this week like what are you doing or hey like what what was your way in this week and like you haven't been on that much and um, there's been an incredible just like amount of accountability that comes from it
0: and a lot of times those people are kind of living vicariously through you, you know, like they want to be a part of their of your journey because it inspires them on their own journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it it's, it's funny. Like I've, I've been that person who's like, watch other people's journeys and like, kind of like live through that myself. And so to think that other people are doing that with me is, is uh, I don't know if I can get my head around that, but it's um, it's definitely pretty awesome And that's why I'm always, like, so willing to talk to other people when they message me, like, hey, you know, I'd love to share or, like, anything I can do to support you from a a physical standpoint, like, nutritional standpoint, or or mental, especially a mental standpoint. Like, I'm 100%, like, willing to help anybody because I've been shown that same kind of support and help.
0: Yeah. So one thing I wanted to, like, kind of take a step back was you talked a little bit about, like, kind of in your childhood after your parents had got divorced and stuff, you were alone and making like poor decisions with food and then you were like put on a diet. So kind of a two part question is like, is like one, do you think that you made those poor choices because of like your age or because of being, um, not necessarily like educated in nutrition or because like that was like your parents' lifestyle and what they had in the house?
1: Yeah. So, um, both my parents were like extremely healthy people. So they didn't necessarily keep like a lot of garbage in the house. I think the big player of, of this was, uh, was actually two parts. One being just like emotional eating, like, um, trying to deal with like kind of the weight of my parents' divorce and, you know, my, my brother was pretty young at the age and he didn't really understand it, but I felt like a lot of times I was kind of stuck in the middle between the parents, like the go to go between. And, and there was a lot of pressure that came from that. And a lot of negativity, um, that definitely impacted probably some poor eating choices. But I also think that, uh, I did just make, poor nutritional choices because I was like a 10 year old, like deciding what I'm going to eat for dinner. my mom is like one of the hardest working people in the world. And it was working till like eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And so it's just me and my brother at home. Yeah. I mean, who's, who's not going to make like the best nutritious choices. Like when you got kid cuisines in the, in the freezer, or <laughs> maybe some snacks. Um, yeah. I like to joke and say that like it was at the age of 10, I became a professional chef because I'd just find something to make, And again, it was always not the healthiest, but, um, at the time that's like kind of all I knew.
0: Yeah. And at 10 years old, you're not thinking like, Oh, what about my long-term health? I'm (laughs) going to, you know, I'm going to get high blood pressure and get, and have diabetes. Yeah. So, uh, you're talking your parents being super healthy. Did, so when, at what age was your first diet?
1: Yeah. First diet was probably, um, probably right before um, my parents split up, actually, like, I think it, like, I was, I was always just like a little chubby, like, it it just looked like I hadn't leaned, leaned out, Um, but I remember when I was playing football, like, I felt as, like, an offensive lineman, I needed to embrace the role of, like, the big guy, but that was the first time, like, I feel my parents had talked to me about, like, hey, we're, like, worried about, your health a little bit, like maybe we need to be a little more active. They're like, again, very encouraging, very like supportive. They would help me make like decisions, but I was an extremely picky eater, which definitely played a role into this, like hated eating vegetables. I'd rather eat, you know, just uh, not junk, but like the stuff that wasn't great for you, especially Mm -hmm. cheese. That was like my downfall. So,
0: Yeah. So, I mean, so whenever you were a kid, was it like a rigid diet that they set? Like an actual
1: It it wasn't rigid, but they, I mean, we just kind of always had like set meal time. This is what we're eating. This is when I think that's probably when my like kind of closet secretive eating uh, probably kicked in. So that was again, like another big part of it, just like going around and sneaking food when I could, I mean, we had, uh, like I said, they didn't really have the problems with the weight. So it's not that they didn't have any junk food. Like, of course there was some stuff in there that like was there's and, and you know cookies or chips or something and there would definitely be times that I would kind of like sneak in grab something take it to my room late at night be eating snacking whatever you know I, I'll, I'll appease them and eat this like meal that's healthy and then when they're not looking I'm going to go get some like some of the chips in the in the ca- uh, cabinet or something so
0: gotcha and and so the reason you know for asking that is I I don't have any kids currently but you know, I've always kind of thought about how overweight I was as a kid. And I just think the idea of an, of a child on like an actual diet is kind of weird, you know? So like, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know what I would do. Like I, I got, I have no clue. I mean, I, you know, but I think putting a kid on an actual diet might lead to some stuff like you're talking about leading you to sneak around or leading you to, to overeat like at lunch or at grandma's house or whatever. So, you know, I mean, I guess that's yeah. a road I have to face when I get there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it. it it's interesting. I mean, the, I would say that there's a little bit of inconsistency with that. So, you know, the parents would, would always, you know, and again, this isn't putting any blame on them. Like I, you have to own up to your own choices, but, um, you know, they would say, Matt, we're worried about your weight. We need to, we need to do this. And then, you know, we're going to football practice or we're coming home from basketball or we're coming home from, you know, uh, you know, some type of event and, you know, it's like, Hey, let's just go get McDonald's or Hey, let's like eat this food. I mean, you know, my family was very busy and and life on the go is like a pretty normal thing for us. And so there was times where they're like, we're worried about your weight, but then like, Hey, we also want to go get like, uh, you know, a happy meal for you guys because like, it's just easier. We don't have the time right now. And so there was a little inconsistency on that standpoint. Um, But by and large, like it wasn't anything that I would attribute to a tremendous amount of of weight gain from that. Again, it didn't really happen until I started uh, kind of being left alone to my own devices.
0: Gotcha. So you mentioned just a second ago about being the offensive lineman and being the bigger guy, which is the exact same situation for me. So do you feel like your identity was kind of tied to being the bigger guy and that's what gave you like a purpose?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you when you're growing through an age and you kind of like are trying to find what that identity is, um, for me, it was like being the football player, being the funny guy, um, and like kind of always being willing to joke or do whatever um, to kind of deflect the attention off of myself. And I think that definitely played a role in like some of the choices I made, um, not taking things more serious, just kind of Um, being content with where I was at and not kind of wanting more at that stage.
0: Yeah. I think it kind of gave me a pass, honestly. Right. Because it's like, I don't, a a guy actually told me one time, it was a guy who played quarterback whenever I was in high school. He was like, if you weren't so big, I don't know if you'd be good for anything. And you know, like, and it was like kind of a joke on, it was definitely a joke on his part. Right. And he was saying like, you know, I'm protecting him and I, and you know, that was my greatest strength. But at the same time, you know, that, like, same kind of thing stuck with me, and it just gave me a pass. Like, it's okay that I'm graduating high school at over 300 pounds because, like, I'm you know, that's what I've been doing. And, you know, I've got scholarship offers and these kind of things. So, like, obviously it's working out. Well, when football stopped, then that weight didn't – you know, it, it wasn't as helpful. And right. um, so it was – it took a lot to make a mind uh, – like, uh, a mind shift. Yeah. So. Um, I want to focus on like the last year and a half or, or so that you said that, you know, you've really been like laser focused. Um, what have you done like diet and nutrition wise?
1: Yeah. So the biggest thing was um, really it was diet modification. So learning how to make, you know, even better choices, uh, putting a lot of structure around meal timings, um, what I'm eating, you know, finding ways to make myself full without of filling up on necessarily like calories. So I didn't really, um, you know, go, go heavy into like calorie counting or macro counting, you know, again, working with the nutritionist, they kind of helped me set a lot of this stuff up and, and knowing kind of what I could do, what I couldn't do. Um, but it was really just like, um, a dedicated focus on preparing meals ahead of time, not being that opportune eater, the, Mm -hmm. the, Hey, we can go out to eat because I've definitely somebody that is kind of live and died by the, uh, by the fast food, the drive throughs and um, you know, being on the road so much and everything I've done, it definitely played a big part of that. Um, so just really eliminating some of that, like a lot of the processed foods, that was like the first 100 pounds alone right there. Um, mm-hmm. Since then, we've started adding a lot more exercise and trying to just keep ramping up the metabolism. And um, it really has been like a pretty – straightforward process I won't say it was a simple process um, you know breaking 30 years and of of bad habits um, is always going to be extremely difficult but um, it, it really was as straightforward as like getting a better diet put put together and and starting to move around a little bit more
0: yeah so I feel the exact same way, man like i've um like you said, lived and died by the fast food, the gas station, you know, the big gulps, all this kind of stuff yep. um and I am you know a lot of people talk about they about mental health issues that lead them down the road of over overeating, and mine honestly was just convenience literally like it's more convenient to go to McDonald's and eat than it is something else it's not like i had this like crazy thing where i would get depressed and eat it was just like it's just easier and um so one thing that i found if i meal prep so i meal prep every sunday and most of the time on wednesdays if i meal prep and i have meals available like i will not mess up my diet i will be a 100% like i can check that box for the day that i've done good it's on the days that i don't do that stuff that i neglect it that that's where i mess up And so how do you keep yourself in line like that?
1: Yeah, so just getting to the point where I was meal prepping was a a huge step forward for me. Um, You know, setting the time. I I remember so many times like getting to Sunday night and just not wanting to meal prep for the week. And because I know it's going to take me an hour and a half, you know, maybe even two hours to get through everything, package it up. Um, But even doing that, there was times that I was, you know, I just was like, oh, I'm, I'm tired of having like this, this, uh, you know, turkey burger or this like, you know, s- mixed salad and taco bowl, whatever I made for the week. It, and like, let me just eat something off plan. And so for me, it was a eliminating like all of the outside influences of like, I, I just can't you know, GrubHub it or DoorDash it. I can't like go somewhere else. Like I need to stick to what I have in the house. And two, that led me to making sure that I don't have just junk in the house. So I really like went through clean everything out was like, if this isn't um, directly in line for this week's meal plan, like I'm not gonna buy it and I'm not gonna have it in the house. I don't need to bulk buy, you know, tons of oatmeal or cereals or whatever, because I know if I'm a little hungry and I have something else, I'm probably going to go find that and eat it so um, that was definitely like probably the two things i really had to focus on
0: yeah i've said this before on the show but it's like if you're an alcoholic you and you are a month sober you don't go get a six pack of beer and put it in your fridge and say like i can have one a day or something like that you know right um so getting rid of that junk food and stuff is major now. A, a lot of people will talk about like, man, I can't milk prep because I don't. I get tired of eating the same thing all the time, or it's not good. Uh, have you found any resources that have helped you as far as like recipes and, and meals and all those different types of things?
1: Yeah. So really, the the best thing was this nutritionist. I mean, he he really would like help me make a, a shopping list. Um, like we'd lay out like how to make it, what it was. So he had a ton of great like recipes. But honestly, there I just. I can't name one. I just know that there's so much stuff out there. I mean, even in the community, you can see like what people are eating. Um, You can follow like a number of like weight loss or Weight Watchers pages or keto pages, um, depending on like kind of what your focus is and Mm -hmm. seeing what people are eating. And people are so like willing to share that information. I mean, again, not to keep going back to the, the Instagram community, but it really has been like super supportive that if you ever need anything, um, people are most of the time like willing to help or share.
0: Yeah. Instagram and YouTube and all those different type of things should be used as a resource. Like they're just another tool in your weight loss journey. As long as you know, as long as you use them correctly and you can, uh, stay away from the things that kind of bring you down. I know personally for me, like as far as like exercise and stuff goes, like that's my go-to. I've learned more about nutrition and exercise and stuff from YouTube than anywhere um, and you know, I couldn't have made it this far in my journey without those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like with the, with the training for a 5k, like we've done, I've done a lot of YouTube searches on like couch to 5k or like how to train for running. Like what should I be aiming for like distance goals and time goals? Mm-hmm. And there's, there is so much information out there. Um, you just have to like take the step and, and look for it. I mean, it really is that simple.
0: Yeah. So I, you know, my first running adventure was a five K and it took me a long time to work up to it. I used to couch the five K just like you were talking about. Yep. Um, my wife is, is a pretty big runner. She just, um, right when this COVID thing hit, she just ran her first, um, full marathon. Ooh, and, uh, so since running that first five K, it took me like 46, 47 minutes to run. And since doing that, I've actually worked my way up to a half marathon. I don't wow. think I'll run any farther than that, but um you know it, it is cool to just to, to see like what you're capable of now versus then, and you know one thing I think is interesting to talk to you is like the other couple of people I've talked to this far are your journey's never over, but they're like they've lost the weight that they want to run, right, and you're still in the middle of it and in a way that's like. It's a beautiful thing, right? Cuz you can see how far you've come, you see how far you have to go and just imagine like what you're going to be like then. So, you know, what are some of your what are some of your goals moving forward with your journey?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, just to like kind of talk about being in the middle of journey it it's, it is great to see how far you come, but it's almost a little intimidating to realize like I've spent this much time losing this much weight and recognizing that we're still like halfway there. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that is when I started implementing goals. So goals has been one of the best things that I've kind of put into my routine of, of not just again, focusing on, on exercise or nutrition, but, um, even a mental standpoint. So I, I just, I really focus on, I try to focus on like a couple goals for each of those things. So okay. uh, like this week, I, I, you know, I put stuff about like, I want to make sure that I meditate a little bit more often, um, like a certain number of days per week. I want to, uh, make sure I'm you know, I'm doing uh, X number of pushups a week or I'm, I'm getting this much of a fast time or I stay on my eating plan, you know, 40 out of like 45 meals or whatever that is. I mean, um, just trying to put something um, attainable and like achievable that's realistic, you know, not to go into like the whole smart goals, but yeah. just really finding something that um, I feel like is gonna it's gonna push me, but it's also not going to like be so outlandish or something like so um, kind of like ambiguous that it's like you know yeah i'm working towards losing like another hundred pounds but i 'm not going to say every week like my goal is to lose a hundred pounds it's like hey, this week I want to lose like two and a half to three pounds, and as long as i 'm doing that then I know i'm like on the road to like hitting my goals if i don't then how can I look back and see? Well, was it something that I did? I mean, cause some of the times like you're not going to lose the weight and maybe that's like a stall. Maybe it's a, um, you know, water retention, maybe, you know, who knows what it is, but mm-hmm. just being like honest and having those times of reflection to kind of go back and say, you know, where am I messing up? How can I calibrate? How can I, you know, change the mindset and, and stay engaged and motivated for the next week to come? So just putting it on a much shorter timeline for me has helped and not just having such far outlandish goals
0: yeah I mean it's continuous improvement you said you set a big goal and then smaller ones to to get you on that path um every- you know it's like everything we do should be contributing to that big goal right and it's just like you said you know I set out with a goal to lose a hundred pounds, but it's like okay, I'm at three forty two like my first goal is to get to three thirty and lose that twelve pounds, and right. stuff like that i mean it keeps you motivated um so one thing is like you said, you had like different goals for, you know, your exercise and different goals for everything. Is it, is that hard to like keep track of or, or, you know, with like a bunch of different goals like that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, what I've, what I've really tried to do um, is just come up with five goals per week. And okay. that kind of covers that, that kind of covers the, the different aspects of what I'm trying to accomplish and, I feel like as long as those are moving towards my big goals, so I, I just kind of review it every week and, um, and, and kind of set new ones. So like my motivational Monday is always like, here are my five goals of the week. And then I do like a successful Sunday. Like, what did I accomplish? What was I actually able to like check off for the week? Mm-hmm. Um, what do I need to make sure that I'm working towards next week? And, and just kind of like following that type of process.
0: Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's a really good process and it goes back to that accountability thing because you're putting it out there and, yep. and other people are helping you stay accountable and it gives you, you know, it's trackable. It's something that you can make sure that you're hitting and holds yourself accountable to. You know, if your goal is to do your 50 or your 100 or whatever push ups for the week and you didn't do it and then you don't lose weight, you know, you're like, you can, you know, evaluate, like, have I done the things I need to do to be successful?
1: Exactly. You know, it's- yes or no. Yeah, you know, it's, it's absolutely this, that evaluation, that reflection time where you can really like look to like, okay, well, what did I do this week? And if you didn't, if you weren't able to check everything off and, and your losses weren't there or, you know, whatever your goals are, are not there, then you really kind of like have that moment where, okay, now I've got to take ownership of this and move mm-hmm. forward with the next week. And like, all right, let's, let's make it happen. So.
0: I think that, you know, that might be one of the most important things that that we've said so far is, is the ownership piece, right? So many people don't want to take ownership. I see like, it's been, it's been three months and I haven't lost weight. Well, have you stayed consistent? Like, have you drank enough water? Have you done all these things? Right. And a lot of people, they, they don't want to take ownership for the things that they haven't done only for the extra effort that they have put in.
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think, this uh, whole coronavirus thing has really put that like on highlight for everybody. There's a lot of people that, you know, when they can go out to the gym or when they can like uh, they have their routine, but all of a sudden when, when things get interrupted, you know, that's really going to show like who's really in it to, to do this and who's going to let another excuse kind of hold them back or set them back. And I think a hundred percent it's, it comes to just taking the ownership of, of, of knowing that, no matter what, like, yeah, we have accountability to other people. Yeah. We have, you know, people that are supporting us at the end of the day, it's it's all on you. Nobody can lose this weight for you. So if you're not taking those steps and to move forward, like it's, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. So actually I I saw this, uh, I, I got uh, just randomly on Instagram post something and it was like, um, it was very, it was like right at the start of this like quarantine thing. And it was like, if you've ever said like you want to lose weight or you don't have time, or if you want to start a podcast, you don't have time. You want to start a business, but you don't have time and you're not doing it now when you have more time than ever, then you're just lazy. And while I realize it's not that black and white for everybody, but that's literally like what made like a mental shift in me to start this podcast. Like, even though, I mean, I've still worked every day, like a essential. Right. Um, but still it's like I do have more time than typical so a podcast is something I've been talking about for years so if if not it's just me being lazy in some way of not doing it or like that's not actually my goal so you know that goes back to that ownership where I had to like evaluate myself and say it's time to do it or stop talking about it
1: yeah absolutely I mean I, I, I feel like I'm probably the world's like worst procrastinator. I've always been one, somebody to like put something off until the absolute last minute. And, you know, I really went into this like pandemic with the mindset of like, I'm not going to let this set me back. Like, I know I can't get to a gym, but there's so many things that I can do to keep moving forward. And um, again, I think that's where setting goals is so important. Um, you know, I have my brother's wedding coming up in October and I, I have that constant reminder of what it, I looked like in my other brother's wedding. And I was like, I'm not going to let three months go by where I'm not continuing to get better for this next one. And so again, setting those like short-term, medium-term and long-term goals just helps you kind of cut out that noise really.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what we did too. Like when we realized that COVID was going to kind of start trending down and things were going to be opening back up, you know, we scheduled a vacation, like, Hey, we need a little bit of a break. And the first thing I did was like, make a goal. Like, Hey, I gotta be, I want to be in shape. Like when we go to the beach. Right. And so that, that gave me something to do during, um, you know, the quarantine or whatever, when I had this extra time is, I uh, I just like worked out in my basement every day and tried to, and tried to get to that goal. And without that goal, I don't know that I would have, I would be in the situation where I am now. Um, so we've, we've talked a little bit about exercise here. Uh, what is your exercise plan or routine or like, what does that look like now?
1: Yeah, so really I, I just focus on doing like a five K every day. I'm not like trying to run and beat my time every day. Um I, I'd say I'm running maybe like one or two two days a week. Um, but every day I at least do like a five K's worth of, of mileage. So um I'm getting my body like trying to be as conditioned to that as I can. And then on top of that, I'm doing like whatever type of challenge that somebody's trying to put me through. So whether it's a squat challenge or I think we're going to be starting a push-up challenge next month. Just just finding little things that if you put them into your like your daily routine, it doesn't have to be something major, but just something to do. Um, and it, and it does add up. I mean, doing 30 days of 30 squats—that's 900 squats that I normally wouldn't have done anyway. So, um, you know, why not just just get it started
0: yeah and then you can extrapolate that even farther out like so 30 days of that many squats equals 900 but then think about like how much you weigh compared to those 900 squats and like think about how much weight you've moved as if it was like a you know a power lifter or something. You know, that's right. thousands of pounds that you've moved, like lifting that, you know, that's built strength in your legs and things like that. So what about um resistance training? So like when the world's normal and doesn't feel like it's coming to an end, are you doing like resistance training and stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So I want to do a little bit more on the weight side. That's that's probably gonna be my next step forward. Like I do, you know, some very simple free weight stuff, um, but it's not it's probably not as consistent as it could be. Um, I think I will be a lot like more, uh, you know, I'm really focused on my mileage and and my cardio aspect right now, but I do want to add the weight training just because it's, I feel like having that balance, you know, of course, adding more lean mass will, will help burn, um, you know, more fat while you're at rest. So there, there is like, you know, actual science to why I need to to do all of this stuff. It's not just cardio all the time, but, um, yeah, it's something that I'm, I'm working on adding and implementing right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I not think that's something that everyone should know or think about. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a nutritionist, or, or, you know, I don't have a degree in any of this stuff. But at the same time, it may, it's, you know, kind of common sense that more muscle mass you put on your body, it takes more uh, calories to sustain it more energy to sustain it every day. So putting that on helps you you know, build your metabolism. And so I'm very thankful that that's something that I've been able to do. And from my experience, if that's like a piece of advice I could give you would be to definitely um, do that because I did run a half marathon, but cardio has not been the way that I lost weight. I didn't start running until after I'd already lost hundred pounds. Um, yeah. So like I have just lifted and that also was like one part of my success was that I kind of fell in love with like the whole powerlifting kind of thing. So like powerlifting slash bodybuilding has been like my bread and butter since then. But it has helped me, you know, I mean, I'm still eating. I'm working with a trainer now. But before I started, you know, I was still losing weight at eating like 25, 2600 calories a day just because of the amount of muscle that I've been able to build. And so, you know, in the long term that it's a tremendous help.
1: Yeah. And I think that's uh, you know, I was actually talking with another guy um, who is doing a lot of these challenges with me. And so we're focusing on doing things like squats or pushups, things that like work out big muscle groups together uh, just kind of knowing that that's kind of the play and we're wanting to kind of shift that into more of like an actual, um, you know, weightlifting regimen.
0: Yeah. But that's also an excellent point is like, um, you don't have to be a bodybuilder and you don't have to be a powerlifter, right? Just doing things like you're talking about, the squats and the push-ups and maybe curls or pull-downs or whatever, just basic yeah. movements that you can do for 30 minutes or whatever every day, like those are going to build muscle and those are going to, you know, put you in the right direction. So I think it's awesome that um, that you guys are doing that. Yeah. Um. So another question for you, man. What has been... Um, what has made you the most successful thus far?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think really just um, the the mindset is such a powerful uh, tool to just lean on. When you when you have your mind just laser focused, it's it it cha- It really helps you cut out that extra noise of of like the excuses, the external factors, maybe even your own internal factors. Um, whatever it is, I mean having the right mindset has really kind of taken me, uh, to where I need to go. You know, I've, I've had some things go on medically where, um, it's kind of forced me to, to start losing weight. And that was another big impetus on, on kickstarting that, but quickly, you know, being an overweight person, you can always find the workarounds, like even having a lap band surgery, um, People know that like you can you can drink things like milkshakes or different things and you could fit it down and you could still gain weight having a device in your body that's supposed to restrict how much you eat. Um, There's always a workaround. So, again, having the right mindset of like using these tools, whatever that might be, is really the only way you're going to be able to stay consistent and stay on track.
0: So what is there anything that you've done as far as mindset that you know really keeps you going like some people um you know use slogans like work harder or some people you know have um you know like some negative self-talk that they use to fuel themselves like hey you're not working hard enough is there anything that that you've done
1: along those lines Yeah. So my, my, uh, my unofficial tagline is like, make goals, not excuses. And it really, like, that's, that's my, my, my creed, my mindset of just like, we're going to make these goals. We're going to follow up on them no matter what it is. And again, that's like part of like figuring out how to balance the, the, you know, attainable goals where it's not something so crazy that if, if you feel like you can't do it, or if you get halfway through the week that you can't do it, that you're just going to give up. Um, you know, for me, that's been something really, really important to like sustaining uh, a su- success, like on a weekend week out basis.
0: Yeah, I've used a, a lot of those, you know, kind of slogans, like, the very first thing that I did was like, when I started working out, it, it was kind of weird, but it's like a light bulb went off that was like, you just got to do it. You know, like, just just do it. And like, whenever I would, I mean, I know that's like the Nike slogan, I think, but it's like, I was laying on the couch and it's like, I need to work out today, but I don't feel like it. And it's literally like, what I would say to myself is like, just get your fat ass up and do it. Just do it. Like, that's all, all you have to do is like put one foot in front of the other and you'll get there. But I mean, along the way, there's been some like really motivating things that I use in, but at the same time, like, motivation is a little bit bullshit you know yep. because it it fades
1: but i'm so glad you said that yeah
0: well so people so here's my or my take on it right is a lot of people say motivation is bullshit and i agree because at the end of the day motivation fades self-discipline all the way right but in situations like mine it was that like motivation of getting scared and then and it that got me started. And sometimes that's what you need. Right. And so sometimes I'm laying on the couch and my self disciplines a little weak. It's like, man, I just want to lay here, but I'll watch a video of Jocko Willink like his good speech. And he's like, Oh, you feel like shit. Good. Do better. You know? And it's like, (laughs) and so it's stuff like that, that really gets me going. Like I saw, um, Brendan Schaub, he had a post yesterday and you know, he said like, um, what are the odds of becoming a professional fighter or football player, all this stuff. And it's like, if they're super small, well, if all of your heroes went off the odds, based their lives off the odds, then they wouldn't be your heroes. So fuck the odds. And it's like, and you know, so now I think my slogan might be like, fuck the odds. Cause the odds are <laughs> like the odds are, I'm not going to keep this hundred pound weight loss off. You know, the odds are I never would have done it in the first place. So, so F the odds, like get after it.
1: Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's so true that the motivation, you know, theory is, is is there's always can be things to motivate you. Um, But it's how do you like maintain motivation. And again, that's, that's for me why goals are so important, because it gives me something to like, really focus my competitive side of like, I want to make sure I do better than I did last week, and setting up something that's going to push myself. But again, just the motivation isn't going to be there forever. I mean, I have, you know, I know people, they, they take pictures and like, I do the same thing. I have a picture of me at my brother's wedding on my phone and I look at it every day, but I had that on my phone probably six months before I started working out too. So again, motivation is only one piece of it, but Mm -hmm. like you said, it's the discipline and sometimes it's just getting up and doing it. So, I mean, it's that really, I mean, again, back to the ownership part, like we have to understand that we have to make the change. It's not just going to happen. There's nothing, there's no magic pill. There's no magic recipe that's going to just like come and fix her life. It's like, get out and move. And then quit making excuses and and go after it.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Like it's good to hear somebody else with that kind of attitude as well because like it's just so easy to play like the victim card, and I do it in my head sometimes. Like I'll be you know doing an ab workout, and I'll be like halfway through, and I'm like dying, and it's like well you could just stop like it doesn't have to be this hard like you don't really need abs and like playing the victim to myself you know and it's like it's that motivation piece that sometimes gets me through that it's like whenever myself this one is is hit I've got up I'm doing the workout and I'm getting after it but then that little bit of doubt like sneaks in that's when I use that motivation and I'm like good you know like this sucks good keep working work hard.
1: And every time you do something when you don't want to do it, it makes you feel so much better. And I feel like that's, that's what willpower is. It's like pushing yourself through something you don't want to do and it, it pays tremendous results. I mean, whether that's life, business, uh, weight loss, whatever. I mean, it always, that extra effort of doing something that you don't want to do is what makes the difference.
0: Yeah, and so I think also the reverse is true of, you know, if you're doing that thing that's hard and you quit, you will you don't forget that right you're like you know i was weak and you know that that lets even more doubt creep back in your in your head like that success or that failure can be contagious and it all like is how you respond to it right so like if you use that willpower and power through you're more likely to do that again um and it's the same with with that failure so you know making those right choices really builds on each other in a confidence and in like a physical way absolutely
1: absolutely
0: um, so one thing I want to jump back to before, you know, we get towards the end here is I can't get off this, this interview here without talking about, you said you went to fat camp <laughs> 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 and uh, so everybody thinks in the movie, right? Like, so what was your experience there? And like, was it good, bad? And you said you learned some stuff from it. So I'm interested to hear.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was very and in a lot of ways it kind of was like the movie like we had the apache relay we had like certain things like that did you have Um, the go-karts we didn't have go-karts i was super bummed and then i actually found out that like a couple years later they moved the camp location and they got jet skis and i was like where where was i for that for (laughs) that like what but um no i mean it was actually great and it i like of course like finding people that are going through similar situations as you and understand like um, helps build like super strong friendships. So I have, I have uh, great friends that I still talk to to this day that I met at, at fat camp. And um, it, it's really wild. Just like kind of thinking about that, but you know, it's, you know, you're stuck with somebody 24 hours a day, seven days a week for like two months, two plus months. And you you're grinding through stuff together i mean it's it's they see the highs they see the lows i mean it's it's like it's basically forcing somebody to be part of your family for like two months and so it's very different but um yeah i actually had a great time there is again like the the there's pros and cons to it so like pros being like you you can be successful in that type of environment um you can't, like it does, like we had nutrition classes, we had cooking classes, we had things that help you build skills, you know, life after camp, we'll talk about. Um, and of course, like I said, the friendships were all great. But the cons are, you are in an environment that's completely controlled, you have no choice, but to follow their like, you know, 15 to 1700 calorie diet plan, they're going to give you food to eat, it's not going to be like, the world's best food, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, you know, going to McDonald's or going to like a fine dining restaurant. Um, and then the other part was you're, you're playing sports, you know, at least eight hours a day, I was probably doing like 12, 13 hours a day. I mean, even in my free time, we just had a group of guys and we played basketball nonstop. And um, I, you know, like I said, I, I had way more good experiences than bad. Um, it was it was an incredible, like part of the journey It it helped me build some foundational stuff for long-term success that I use now. But, um, would I go back to it? I don't know. I don't, I probably not to be honest. So
0: gotcha. I mean, so, it, I mean, it sounds like it was worth it in the fact that you took long-term lessons, right. Yep, and absolutely. things that you can still use today. So, I mean, it's obviously helped you in that way.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Um, One other thing I kind of wanted to get to was um, you kind of say this to near last, but so you talked about having the um, weight loss surgery. And so in some ways there are people that have like a really negative, like opinion of weight loss surgery. And, And I don't, honestly, I don't get it right. Like I didn't do it, but it's a tool for people to use. And you know, it's a tool that saves a lot of people's life. And frankly, like I've met a lot of people who've had weight loss surgery and while it worked for them in the beginning, it didn't work for them long-term. And that just goes to prove that it's a tool. So, I I mean, I guess my question is what pushed you towards the weight loss journey or the weight loss surgery? And, you know, like, um, why do you think people have a bad perception of it?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I I actually had like a pretty bad perception of it like I was encouraged by like my family for a while to have the surgery and they really wanted me to have the gastric bypass and I was just adamantly against having something where they're going to like anat- uh, anatomically like rearrange my body and I just I was very against it and so I'm I'm sure there are a lot of people that you know from that standpoint don't like it um that's actually kind of why I ended up opting for the lap band surgery because here's a device it's going to come in it's going to address like one of my biggest challenges which was like binge eating overeating like large meals um and I really did view it as like this is going to be a tool like I didn't go into it thinking this is going to be like the the magic fix all and I think that's that's the other side of like what people hate on it is they think people are just going to use it and it's just going to be like this magic fix. But again, to your point, it, it is absolutely just a tool. It's how you use it. So, um, you know, I opted for the lap band surgery. Uh, my body did not like it at all. had a host of problems, uh, dealing with it and ended up having to take it out again. Glad that I went with the lap band over like something more permanent. Um, For that reason, that was really the biggest reason. I always said, like, if it doesn't work out, I can have it removed. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I just – I personally didn't want to have to go that route. I feel like I kind of, like, eventually gave in to the idea, saying, like, all right, like, I've tried to prove to myself and try to prove to my family I can do it. And at the time, like, I really didn't have the mindset to make the change on my own. So I said, you know what, I'm going to try this, use it, and see if it helps and again, like it did for a little while, but, um, I think, you know, I've talked to multiple people that have talked to their bariatric surgeons and they talk about like for quite I I don't even know if they do the lap band surgery anymore because there's a long period of time that there are more like one doctor I talked to actually said that he took more lap bands out than he even put in in like oh, wow. a couple of years. So, um, they really do just have that much problem. So anyways, I, at the time, there was the sleeve surgery, which, um, like, it was kind of newer at the time. And I kind of flirted with that idea. But I ended up doing the lap band just because of the reason, like I mentioned, I just didn't want anything uh, super permanent, didn't want anything that I wouldn't be able to, to like, go back to normal, I guess you'd say. And um, so that's kind of what drove me there. But, yeah, I mean, weight loss surgery does get, like, I feel, uh, in some places, like, some negative press, but I think it's all about what you make out of it. Like if you're somebody that's going to use it and not just completely rely on it, then hey, maybe it'll work. But like I've talked to people that have had the sleeve or the bypass and they're already telling me about the food that they're able to eat. And I'm just like, mm, I don't I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain like still eating crap food. Like they've already figured out how to trick the system. So um, if you don't use it right, it can be just as bad. So
0: yeah. Um One of my, actually my very first guest, her name's Denise. She talks all about kind of the different weight loss surgeries and like gave me some really good information. Um, And I hope I don't misspeak here, but she said that um, she's from Canada and where it's like government sponsored healthcare. They do the RNY surgery um, the most because that is like has the highest success rate. Um, And she was talking about how like the sleeves were newer when they came out or whenever she had hers as well. And, um, you know, one of her friends actually went with the sleeve for some other benefits. Um, so, but also I I think the reason, you know, some people just think that it's the easy way out and that's why they have like an issue with it. But if you look at all the people who fell, it's, there's no way it's an easy way out. Like Matt, it could make your journey easier, right? It could be a tool you use to succeed. Um, But, you know, like obesity is a chronic issue. Like it's like a chronic disease almost like, um, and can it be cured? I'm sure. But like, it never completely goes away. I mean, I'm almost, I'm five years in to this and still have to like talk myself off the ledge of going in the gas station and getting a whole bag of donuts and eating them like almost every day, you know, like, so it's not. It's not something that just goes away, so it can't be taken the easy way out. And for some people, there's some people that are like to the point of overweight, where they can't get up off the couch and walk. They can't, you know, they can't do this exercise, and just eating less is not enough for them. So without that tool, they're you know they're they're in really bad
1: shape. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, it's it's so funny you talk about the the weight loss journey. And I do feel like so many, there there's so many people I talk to that, that view it as like, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be on a weight loss journey for like a year or two years. It's like, no, like your journey never stops. Like you can have goal weights. And that's why I actually have like a little bit of a problem with like having goal weights because your body's going to need different things as you go. Like I have a goal weight of 220, but I my plan is to probably like get down lower than that, um, you know, probably going to go with a, a skin removal surgery and then start building back up on the muscle side. And, um, you know, just because the mindsets are very different, like it's it's extremely hard to lose weight and build muscle at the same time. I feel yeah. like um, it has been for for me. It's something I've tried focusing a little bit more on. But I'm really like as long as I'm losing, like I feel like I'm OK but yeah, I mean, it's just, um, there's different seasons of a weight loss journey, but it's never going to end. I mean, you're, you're going to be in the weight loss phase, then you're going to be in a maintenance phase then you're going to be in mm-hmm. like a building phase or, you know, bulking phase, whatever that, that looks like, but it's, it never ends to your point. I mean, five years, like you're still just getting started. We both have a long, long way left in our life and we're, we're going to deal with this for the rest of it. So, yeah. um, yeah.
0: And you know, that's a, that's a good point. You're talking about like a, um, a maintenance phase. Like, so, you know, I got to the point where I got to my goal weight, kind of where I wanted to be. And that's, in my opinion, that's when it's almost the toughest because it's like, I don't get on the scale and get the satisfaction of it going up or down. I mean, I do right now, cause that is the phase I'm in, but for a long time, you know, I got discouraged and gained a little bit of weight back for that point or because of that, like, I didn't have that like major overarching goal. Cause like I lost the weight and I got to where I wanted to be. So then I, you know, I can make the, the goal every week of, um, okay. I'm need to stay the same weight, but that's, you know, it's boring. It's not, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but it's not a goal you, you are fighting to achieve. So, you know, I, I've actually, I've just personally picked up some hobbies that help keep me feel help help keep me active. And now I'm really more, fueling my body for those activities right so like I do jujitsu so like I want to eat right and make sure that I stay like a, at a good like fighting weight and then also you know I've recently kind of picked up bodybuilding I don't think I'm going to get on a stage but like I love the way that I love seeing the changes in my body right even you know like a five pound drop is like dramatic now and like in what I look like um so like I've had to pick up those type of goals and activities along the way to make a new overall arching goal
1: right absolutely i mean i think your point is is incredibly valid where um i haven't got down to that maintenance point yet um and you know i I still have a way to go but yeah having having the only goal be like i want to see the scale say the same thing to me doesn't really get me excited and up out of bed you know like but again that's where the goals come into place where it's like how do your goals shift because of what phase you're in so again mm-hmm. I, I hate to keep harping on goals but i just think that they're so important and and continue in any type of success long term
0: yeah we got uh kind of down a tangent here on goals yeah. but <laughs> before we get away from the weight loss surgery i, I really one thing i really want to kind of dig in on is like so when your lap band didn't work out what kind of mindset did that put you in because again you were at a crossroads where you can like say you know forget it i'm getting after it and i'm gonna make this change or you could go down the depression rabbit hole
1: yeah i think what was really interesting about that was um when the doctor finally was like okay we're gonna take it out like you're having too many issues um She very, she was very insistent on having me just go ahead and convert this into the gastric bypass surgery. And I was just so against that. And she, there was actually a point where she told me, she's like, if you don't have the gastric bypass surgery and you go back to being like completely normal, like you're not going to lose the weight. Like she, she basically just like straight up challenged me. Like, I seriously doubt you'll ever be able to do this on your own. Like. And to her point, she probably had a little bit of facts on her side. Like here I was 25 years old and was not incredibly healthy and was in a very like precarious spot when I first met her. Um, But she didn't know that I wasn't going to, you know, take that for, take, take that as an answer. And so coming out of the surgery um, and working my way back, I was extremely determined to keep things going and lose weight. And again, that's when I was like, I was still playing a lot of baseball, playing a lot of basketball, um, and I picked up boxing as like a, another way to continue losing weight and things were going well. Like I was still losing. I was getting to a new sport. It was really exciting. And then I tore the ACL and that literally just completely put everything on, on hold. And it wasn't until that point that things kind of started again, spiraling back the the, the wrong way and, and losing that motivation like we talked about. So. Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't have like the the weekly, you know it's coming down, or you know you're you feel like you're in the in the process, and your complete process just stops. Um, it's hard to get it going again, and I think you know not making excuses, but I think that was really hard for me to just. Um, go from, you know, doing moderate activity to going to absolutely nothing for, you know, couldn't even be weight bearing for six weeks to basically not being able to do much, you know, physical exercise, walking, whatever for like three to four months. And uh, it was incredibly, just incredibly frustrating.
0: You and I, I just thought about this are very similar in the fact that I'm 130 pounds down, but I've probably lost 500 pounds over my life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah.
1: Um, I'm I'm definitely there with you at least that much. I mean, just the ups and downs.
0: Yep. Okay. So very last question, man, if you could give the listeners of this show one simple tip that they could implement today, like just something that they could put in place uh, to help them along their journey, what would it be?
1: Yeah. And I think they already know where I'm going to go with this, but it's going to be setting goals. Um, If you can just set five goals a week and try to adhere to those. um, If you don't know anything about smart goals, I mean, just look it up, but setting things that are specific and measurable, attainable, um, realistic and time time sensitive. If you can do five goals um, with that, it'll make a world of difference. Um, And it doesn't have to be anything monumental, just something that you're working towards every week.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you so much. I want to thank you for being on the show. And I also want to give you a chance here just to um, let people know where they can find you like your social media so they can come check out your page and get some of that uh, inspiration and see your goals, man.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate you having me and my Instagram handle is fat the number two fit dot Matt. So it's fat to fit Matt with a period in between and the number two. So
0: Awesome. We'll link that in the show notes. Perfect. That's it. We're done. Had a great time talking to Matt today. Learned a lot from our conversation. As always, have a good week. Stay hungry and uh, we'll see you next week.